0: Welcome to The Watcher's Diaries, a weekly podcast all about Buffy. I'm Mary. And I'm Froggy. And this week we're talking about Season 4, Episode 15, This Year's Girl. We're also joined this week by Caroline. Yay! Yay. Hello again. Who I know is so excited to go on this deep dive of Faith's character with us. Yeah, it's my,
1: a- my first episode with you guys with Faith, with yeah. the mayor. Um, we've had Tara before. Yeah. And eventually next week, Angel.
0: Yeah. So uh, let's see. Do I have announcements? I have a few things. Um, first up, uh, we have another book club episode coming up. So we're going to do these two episodes and then we're going to do Superstar. And then after Superstar, we will cover the last two parts of The Lost Slayer. So I think that gives you like four weeks to read it, something like that. Yep. But it's coming up. So as always, we will have a link in the show notes as to where you can find the book. Um uh, the other fun thing is the Buffy Tarot cards are out.
1: Oh they're very pretty.
0: I found mine at Target. Some of these cards, I'm dying. I love them. Um the Knight of Chalices is William.
2: I am gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be running out to Target later, so I'll
0: have to take a look and in- The Empress is Drew. But is there Mountain Dew in that chalice? Uh I do not know. <laughs> So you have instead of the normal ones, you have stakes, pentacles, chalices, and scythes.
2: Oh, that's cool. Those yeah. are
0: your those are your things, and um, of course, like Xander is the fool, Willow the magician, Tara and Willow are the lovers. Um, but the art, the art is just super cool.
2: Yeah, that's that's a really interesting
0: angel's art justice. Style. Don't know how I feel about that. Oh, it's like meant.
2: <laughs> the, it, I think it's supposed to be like the opposite of
1: vengeance that he like. The argument Jenny has and with Enyos and everything about, like, it's not, like, we only care about vengeance and, you know, didn't do anything. That didn't help anybody to curse
0: Angelus, but anyway... (laughs) Ethan rains in here with some sights. Oh, go Ethan. Uh, yeah, like it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. Um where is I know Jenny's in here somewhere. I saw her. She's sitting at a computer, but I can't remember what um thing she is. But I was very excited to see her. I was like, "Yes, that's right. Give some love to Jenny." It's it's
2: really nice when Jenny is remembered. It's true. She should have been brought up every season.
0: I think so. Yeah. I I think she's not brought up nearly enough. She should be brought up every single episode. <laughs> Xander would if people had let him.
1: Yeah, that's true. Like, don't even speak her name. Well, somebody's got to. Oh, that yeah. That's another point in Xander's favor. Like, I yes. know he's being dickish at times when he does it. But, like, it, somebody's got to be mad on her behalf. And somebody's got to be mad on Giles's behalf too, because he won't allow himself to express that anger nine times out of ten. No.
2: I, I I have to bring up Carolyn that it us being <laughs> us being in that Buffy group that we met in. Yes, the post about Xander, like which one? You well, have to be one, more
1: specific. The
2: one where the one where the original poster was being in favor of Xander and yes. bringing up the great points like it was and and you and like you both of us commented in favor of Xander and like yeah. it is it's always nice to see other people outside like our small corner mm-hmm. that understands that Xander is not the evil mm-hmm. that because I get I get so salty when I see people call him an incel mm. because that word gets thrown around way too much yeah, it's just besides,
1: he's not celibate for most of the series.
2: Yeah, and like when he is with, like when he is with Anya, he is with Anya. Like yeah. Anya is more aggressive in that relationship than Xander yeah. is. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it just like it, I, I said that if mary and i ever set up a facebook group for the podcast Mm -hmm. the topic of xander is off limits because that is a topic that has been argued to death like that we don't need people have their opinions they are entitled to it we don't need to keep fighting over Mm -hmm. because if he was
1: still fixated on buffy he would have a problem with riley he would have a problem with scott hope he would have a problem with principal Wood and any other man that she was like ooh, he's kind of attractive he yeah. doesn't he's got a problem with the vampires
2: yeah <laughs> and i wonder why yeah and when he's in a relationship he is in a relationship with that person like he well like yeah and like yeah he'll make he'll make some minus the making out
1: with willow for about a
2: month well yeah yeah, yeah. and like it's it, it, like, it just gets old. It just yes, gets it old have to constantly rehash. Like, you can hate Xander. Go ahead. I probably won't change your mind, mm-hmm. but we don't have to keep.
1: I just want the fact. facts brought up of all the yeah. people who insist that he did this, this, and this. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, he didn't. A quick Google search for a 25-year-old show. Like, it's very easy to yeah. look up what actually happened in it.
0: Like, I keep meaning to, and I keep forgetting, to take a picture of the script page from when Buffy is going to fight Angel. Yeah. Yeah. To show that there is more to that scene that got cut out that shows why Xander says what he says. Mm -hmm.
1: It feels like that should have been included then. I mean-
0: Because Buffy has the thing and he makes the comment about like, nice present or whatever. And she says it's for Angel. And she goes on to say, I'm finally ready Yes. I can do this. Yes. So he's not gonna break that resolve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But everybody's
2: like, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, and and we we give we give we give Xander shit when he deserves it. Yes. Like we we do not completely ignore everything he does. But you gotta just—he's not evil. He's not as bad as people think he is. And like mm. seeing how some people won't even take legitimate facts like you said about him and they just still completely write him off and that's why that's why i keep saying like if you don't like xander you're not gonna like this podcast i'm gonna hate this podcast yeah you're gonna hate this podcast and fine that's what that's fine Mm -hmm. we just don't want to argue about it yeah anyway he's not
1: (laughs) in this episode a lot i mean he is but you know it's not a xander centric episode no yeah
0: no no, no. We got, we got a lot to talk about and very little of it in Xander, but this is us awesome. and we've got requis- to put our...
1: Our requisite Xander rant out of the way.
0: Yes. yes. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. So, this year's girl... It aired February 22nd, 2000. And apparently the working title for this episode was Rise and Shatter.
1: Rise and Shatter or Rise and Shine? Rise and Shatter. Oh,
2: that's cool. I like that title. I know. I
0: had a moment of like, I like that, but I also don't think it goes with like, who are you? Yeah. The way this year's girl does. So I kind of like that. They went with that. Yeah. Did
1: you look up what the reference is this year's girl to this the, for this title?
0: It's a song, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's by Elvis Costello. I did mm-hmm. I did I did not know this song. And I think like apparently it was controversial because people perceived it as misogynistic. It's 1978. But he says that it's about like actually it's like meant certain men's perspectives on women that is misogynistic. And it's not meant to be like all oh, women are whores or something. Yeah, but um, yeah, like the lyrics are, I I guess you could see it as like people thinking and talking about faith and like how she's perceived. So I I do think it's a good title, actually.
0: Yep. That's a really good title. And we are, like I said, we are going to talk a lot about just a deep dive of Faith this episode.
1: Yeah. Oh, there's a line. Only she's forgotten much more than she's lost. And a lot of what Faith talks about in this episode is like, I've been forgotten. Everybody's moved on without me. Everybody I cared about Mm -hmm. is dead. Uh, I'll just do whatever I want now.
0: Yeah. So our synopsis is it's a... It's Double Trouble for Buffy. The rogue slayer Faith has awakened from an eight-month coma, and Adam, the initiative's creation, is still on the loose. Faith, with a little help from the late mayor, has sinister plans in store for Buffy. Bump bump bum. So what are our foreign titles? So mostly
2: I cut out that a lot of them were either This Year's Girl or Girl of the Year. So instead of you know, rehashing all of those. So in French, we have A Stranger Part One, German, Evil Awakening, Hungarian, Daughter of the Year, and Japanese is this year's woman.
0: Okay. I kind of like Daughter of the Year. I do
2: too. I do too. That's why I left that one in.
0: Yeah. Because a lot of,
2: because a lot of like when, especially when Faith wakes up, you know when she's talking when she's talking to Joyce too, like it's daughter of the year in kind of a sarcastic, yeah, from Faith, you know. But also the mayor looked at Faith as a daughter, so yeah. it really it works for a lot of different levels.
1: Yeah, Joyce, I'd be coming by to pick up your mail, or rather my mail, unlike Buffy.
0: Yeah. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that because <laughs> So obviously, we get a previously on, uh, reminding us all about Faith and how she is currently lying unconscious in the Sunnydale Hospital, reminding us of Riley, the Initiative, Adam, and the worst storyline ever. a.k.a. Riley's drug withdrawal. I know, I know. We had a lot of people comment on, like, the Instagram and the Facebook that, like, it comes out later that, like, Riley was drugged more Mm -hmm. or drugged differently. And maybe he was. And maybe when we get to that piece of info, it'll change my mind. Mm -hmm. But right now, I'm still calling it the worst (laughs) storyline in the history of the show.
2: And like like we were saying, like, it was kind of weird the way, like, all of a sudden they talked about it like it would have been nicer if I mean, we got that one great scene where he's like, I got to take my vitamins. Mm-hmm. It would have been nice if like even without him saying that, he like just him taking vitamins with lunch or whatever in the morning, like he has this watch timer and mm-hmm. we never see him use it before that one time.
1: Yeah, it's uh, initiative centric episodes kind of blob together in my head whenever i've done a rewatch especially okay so there's three episodes that have the letter i prominently and in the initiative the i and team goodbye iowa and mm-hmm. all three of those episodes are like one episode to me somehow despite my prodigious memory for buffy quotes and buffy episodes of like oh i know exactly what episode that is usually based on buffy's hair um <laughs> and uh, the, the this this does not help because I always feel you guys were talking about this last week that the initiative uh, or rather, the Maggie Walsh stuff goes on longer. you think. and mm-hmm. like, wait, it's only halfway through the season, and she's getting skewered, and then we don't see her again. And we get, oh right, it's Adam. So yeah. that doesn't help, really, that you feel like so much more could have been gotten out of it, yeah, yeah. no, and we really missed out on is, as I said, Ethan Rain is in those holding cells. That would be the perfect opportunity mm-hmm. to bring the gang in of like, oh, we got to talk to Ethan about something. Like he's got some super top secret information. And then like they break in or they're even let in and like sneak around and then, like, oh fuck, what are they doing to him? Oh, right. They need like magic users because they're like creating these cyborg monster magic-induced kind of creatures. They're using a sorcerer for that. Oh no. Um, but even if we didn't get another Ethan for some reason, then there really should be like a scene of Giles in the initiative meeting Maggie Walsh again and being like, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Maybe drop one episode where she's just a professor in the earlier part of season four and use that for an extra episode of her like not trusting Buffy while Buffy is allowed around the initiative. Mm
2: hmm. Yeah, yeah this, it, it's another one of those things where it had a lot more potential and they kind of rushed everything. Yeah,
1: for a villain that's not that interesting, for Adam.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Adam is, like, the worst villain on this show. Like, I would even put the trio <laughs> above Adam. The <laughs> <laughs> trio know, would people, be entertaining, at least. It, <laughs> it, yeah. That's like, Adam is like, not yeah. entertaining. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah adam's only entertaining when he's playing off against spike be precisely because spike is like making fun of him to his face mm-hmm. and Adam doesn't get it
0: yeah like the trio villain wise is very odd but like a lot of times when they're arguing amongst themselves and like these are the people i'd be hanging out with i yeah, too would be arguing just, over who the best I, bond was yeah
2: yeah they're they're just they're, they're they're bad in that they're because they are who they are
0: mm-hmm.
2: but they are more entertaining because of who they are yeah
1: yeah. in defense of the trio like i don't think they work as a season six villain because buffy has just defeated a god so it feels like a super downgrade that she can't just like track them and get the police to arrest them at any point um but they have names and faces and personalities and backstories and motivations and they are entertaining to watch whereas with adam he's just like I want to know how humans work and that the minute he wakes up, he kills his creator before they even have like a conversation. That's it's so boring. And just because he kind of looks cool. Yeah. That's not the same thing. It's, it's what the, my worst villain is the first in season seven precisely because it has no face it has no backstory it has no motivation other than evil it doesn't have anything like personal connection with anybody because it can appear as anybody it's a literally incorporeal faceless shapeless villain that it has to take on other guises in order to do anything so i've got nothing to
0: pin it on it So, okay. So I have two thoughts on these things. First off, and we will talk about this so much when we get there. Yes. But the trio only works in season six. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because Buffy has just fought a god. And season six is about her return to life into the human world and the struggles with that. So you need the villain to be human. Okay. Fair enough. To tie into that thematically. Mm -hmm. Two, the first had so much potential. Yes. Yeah, because they brought it in in season three to fuck with Angel. Like there was some greater purpose it was building to. Yeah, and it needed him, and it like needed him to either kill Buffy or something because there's that like tool. We all know how I feel about immense but it yeah. can't <laughs> do it's it's just itself. Like,
1: it needs somebody to act as its yeah.
2: agent,
0: and like the whole hunting down the Slayer line, kind of cool. But Buffy's removed from the Slayer line at this point. Mm-hmm. So it had no reason to go after her other than she was harboring the other girls. So yeah. like it had so much potential, but like the initiative and some other storylines, they just, it fell flat. They just, yeah. they lost it somewhere.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because that, I like, think, yeah. Mm. Yeah.
2: Well, well, we will go into that more yes. in depth when we get there. Yeah, because I, that's I will put it aside for
0: now. that's the thing with like season six and season six is a fascinating season and we'll talk about it a lot and like honestly it's sarah's least favorite season and i think and i mean i get it because it's a Mm -hmm. hard season Mm -hmm. but it's a very human season Mm -hmm. it is and it's a very emotion-provoking season and and for that reason it's right up there with number two as one of my favorite seasons okay so, we'll talk a lot when we get there. But first, let's talk about poor Faith, <laughs> who now we're ignoring. I know, all oh, Faith.
1: <laughs> she was unconscious for a good one-third of the episode.
0: <laughs> so, we start in Dreamland, where Buffy is making her bed with the help of Faith. Buffy remarks about how nice the clean sheets smell, and Faith says she wouldn't know. Buffy immediately apologizes, saying she forgot, and Faith says she noticed. That's when Buffy tells Faith she can't stay. She, ha- she wants to, but... Faith gets it. Little sis is coming and there's so much to do before she gets there. Faith tells Buffy it's okay. She can go. But before Buffy leaves, some blood drips on the ultra white sheets. And just when they made it so nice. (laughs) Looking down at her abdomen, Faith asks Buffy if she's ever going to take it out. It being the dagger the mayor gave her the one Buffy stabbed her with in graduation day. For a moment, Buffy looks horrified, but then she drives the dagger even deeper as we go to the hospital and the machines besides Faith's bed beeping. Somehow, despite her being in what looks like a secret underground wing, (laughs) a thunderstorm rages outside. (laughs) Okay. So the dream, obviously we got to talk about it. It's a big one. Yep. And it's one. I think we can take a few different reads on. Um, First off, is this really just a dream or is this like graduation day? Is this Buffy and Faith communicating on some level? Because the beginning of this dream makes it seem like they've had these little talks from time to time. Or they used to and then they tapered off. The whole I forgot, I know exchange really playing into that. Because Buffy clearly hasn't forgotten Faith fate. She told Riley about it. <laughs> used it to illustrate the dangers of having too much fun on the job. And we're going to revisit that later when he's like, who's Faith? And apparently she took 60,000 years to tell the story when she could have been like, remember that chick I told you about? <laughs> but
1: okay. The one who was in the coma who had too much fun and it wasn't from going to a kegger.
0: Yeah. Um. But you know, maybe she's forgotten to reach out over the past couple of months, distracted by the initiative as she was. Maybe she's forgotten to check in, so to speak. Um. Also in the stream, we get another mention of Dawn Mm -hmm. little sis and how there's so much that needs to happen before she arrives because yeah we're gonna do some pretty big and pretty weird mojo Mm -hmm. at the end of this season we're gonna tap into some mystical forces we're gonna meet the first slayer we got lots to do um and we're gonna get a bit of insight into buffy and faith Mm but mostly faith as we see in the second part of this two-parter cuz right now it kind of looks like they don't forgive each other. They try to, but they don't. But we'll see later it's really faith who doesn't forgive and or like herself. Yeah. Like we we're going we're going on a deep dive of faith here.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh the this dream and pretty much everything we see in canon in the show is why I don't believe the expanded universe explanation that faith is older than buffy just by like a couple of months that i i think it's in the novel go ask malice that her cruciamentum was interrupted by kakistos and that's like what killed her watcher
2: because mm-hmm. like i don't
1: believe that faith would go through that and then not tell buffy like oh so you're turning 18 soon how, how are you gonna deal with the cruciamentum because okay. yeah <laughs> But this and that, is
0: my problem with the entirety of Buffy and Faith's relationship, because why didn't Buffy sit Faith down and say, hey, I watched my first watcher die, too?
1: I know. I know this yeah. is... A huge problem for you, and I I, I agree (laughs) with you.
0: (laughs) No, they didn't tell her, so I totally believe it.
1: Look, this is the number one problem for every character on the show is communication problems. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially for Buffy herself. Like, whenever she thinks she's seeing something and then she does the rom-com trope of walking away before she waited 10 seconds, she'd find out more information. That, like, Angel's not making out with every single other girl that he sees besides Willow. But yeah, <laughs> getting, getting back to Faith and why I think she's younger, it's this, it's Buffy's been the only child and then suddenly like, oh no, I've got to share my toys with somebody else. And Faith being a bit younger, uh, like I figure she would have been an emancipated minor that like her her watcher, who is called Diana Dormer in the Expanded Universe – uh, would have taken a look at faith's situation at home and been like oh no you're not going like into foster care like I will be your legal guardian I will make sure that you know you can check into a motel by yourself <laughs> without somebody <laughs> saying like wait a second are you 18 she's got the paperwork uh but yes like little sis the, the I think yeah even Buffy refers to her as like my new bestie little sister in season three when she's annoyed about getting quote single white females. Uh, yeah, a lot of this is about like somebody a little younger coming along and trying to usurp uh, Buffy's place is like the more mature, responsible one, supposedly.
0: So I can counter that a bit. Okay. And Again, I'm sure the answer is just plot. Eh. Yeah. yeah. But if Faith was the same age or younger than Buffy, why did not Giles and or Wesley press for her to attend school?
1: Uh, for me, it's just <laughs> that Faith would say, fuck you.
0: But I we mean, never you, even got a conversation of that caliber. They just accepted the fact that she was off in the world, living her own, which to me speaks of being like 18.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, uh, Again, again for me, the answer's plot. Yeah, of course. The answer yeah. for me is if she's an emancipated minor, uh, two, there's so many conversations that we should see on screen that there. do not happen, especially concerning Faith. Um, <laughs> it's much like, again, I was listening out of order, as I said, to your podcast episodes, like I caught up on Doppelgangerland, And like, wait, where is Anya living? If she's <laughs> supposed to be like in a teenage body and going to this school and like she has to attend these classes and everything, like what money is she living off of? Does she have like a bank account that she's <laughs> able to access like from – the name Anyanka. <laughs> I don't understand how this works.
2: And look, we also remember, we also talk about how Wesley is just hanging around the school too. Yeah.
1: At least he's an adult, so I'm not worried about where he's getting his money from.
0: Well he's getting his money from the watchers council because they yeah. pay him. Exactly. Yeah.
1: But he also seems to be in a kind of shitty motel when he's calling up and like doing the password and and he's like, <laughs> just put them on the phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Watcher's Council does not seem to pay well.
2: No. <laughs> yeah, no. Most of the – and, and like, we always get – especially, like, Giles comes from family money. You know, like, there's family money, but the Watcher's Council isn't actually providing a paycheck.
0: Yeah. I, I love that we're going to get to talk about how sketchy the Watcher's Council is in this episode and next.
2: Yeah, oh, yes. I
1: deliberately did not watch Who Are You? In order to not get ahead of myself and talk all about that episode during this, oh no, web. I didn't either. Yeah. Okay, good.
2: <laughs> yeah, we always we always watch the episode right before, like before we. Yeah, because I could talk
1: all day about this Watchers Council Black Ops, especially because they carry over to the Angel crossover. Yeah, and I do want to bring up the Angel crossover, but only in the next episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, we can obviously we can yeah. talk a little bit about that because we're not going to talk about that in full for. A while now, so <laughs> mentioning we, yeah. a few things about it should yes. be good.
2: Yeah, yeah, until we actually get there.
0: Yeah. After the dream, we're back in the basement of sadness, where Xander <laughs> is examining the blaster type gun mm-hmm. the Commandos carry, and that he and Buffy clearly stole on their way out of the Initiative.
2: <laughs> I would too. I'm going to steal whatever I can. When I left my when I left my office job, I definitely walked out with a lot of stuff like i i had post-it <laughs> notes and staples yeah i took because i that was right before i moved and left home like yeah so that
1: I, makes me think of the the first episode of the office of michael slash david brent accusing Don slash pam of stealing post-it notes and she's like yeah, how
0: much yes. they had, five cents yeah yeah <laughs> buffy asks if he can fix it he says sure just as soon as he gets his master's in starship weaponry <laughs> willow has an idea why don't they experiment press some buttons see what happens that would be my way of figuring it out oh even. yeah yeah giles who is just cutely folding laundry in the back he's living he's he a
1: good guest he doesn't want mrs harris to like stumble drunkenly down there if she does laundry at all he's gonna make sure that xander's chores are done
0: yeah He says he would like to veto that. As with Xander, it's called a blaster, which kind of discourages the whole press and find out method. (laughs) Now, if it was called the orgasminator, that would be a different story. Buffy, a bit short, asks if he can fix it or not. He's trying. If he blows a hole in his mom's azalea patch, the neighbors will not be pleased.
1: Um, who think why does she expect Xander to be able to fix this sci fi technology when he just has like human mundane military memories? You hand the technology over to Willow, not Xander.
2: It, it feels like it feels like moments where your friend who has knowledge of certain things mm-hmm. and you think they know everything about everything Yeah.
0: He has military knowledge. It's a military weapon. It must work. No. (laughs) Like, this is not, like, a standard issue weapon, Buffy. Yeah,
1: Yeah, he can load different guns that fire bullets, not electrical
0: volts. Looking tired, Buffy takes a seat on the couch. Giles asks if she's okay, noting that she's been patrolling around the clock for the past three days. Perhaps she could use some rest? Buffy disagrees. She can't rest. Not while Adam is out there. Giles. Was going to say backup, but now that she's mentioned the rest thing, Buffy says to get the blaster working. That's all the backup she needs. Is she sure? Willow turns to look at her. Why? Because ray guns aren't in the Slayer handbook? (laughs) Willow didn't see Adam. He was like the Terminator, but without the bashful charm. (laughs) Willowmore meant that she can tell Buffy's worried about Riley. Has she heard anything? All they'll tell her is that he's fine. That's it. Nothing more. He's locked away and she can't help. And worse, she doesn't even know what the initiative version of fine is. What if they're forcing him back on his meds or torturing him? Giles doubts that. From what they've seen, he doesn't think the initiative would harm Riley. Willow agrees. He's kind of their top gun guy. True. But they have all those brainwashy behavior modification people. So what happens when they don't like his behavior? (sighs) Again... I'm going to talk about this in a second. <laughs> so we're going to check on Riley. We're going to check on Riley in just a sec. But um, first, there are a few things. Um, one, poor Xander. He kind of gets electrocuted yeah. during that whole conversation and no one seems to notice. But we notice Xander. We Will do. Will
1: kind of reacts to it. And then I, I wish somebody would be concerned.
2: I think it's just like, oh, look, Xander is hurting himself again. <laughs> oh. um,
0: two pop culture references. We have two of them terminator and top gun so the terminator is a cyborg assassin played by arnold schwarzenegger in the film franchise of the same name the first film came out in 1984 the second in 1991 and at this time the third was probably in production because that came out in 2003 oh yeah the point of the first film is that the terminator is sent back in time to kill this woman sarah connor as her son will be the one to save mankind from extinction, preventing Skynet and its technology from taking over. So very similar to the whole Buffy-Adam conflict, Mm -hmm. where Adam knows Buffy is the one human who can stop Maggie's plan.
1: And I think it plays in well with the image that Faith has of Buffy in her dreams, that Buffy is basically the Terminator, just like some kind of non-giving-up school guy coming after her relentlessly.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't even think of that. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that this may be Schwarzenegger's most famous role. It's definitely where his most famous line comes from, as the Terminator movie is where we first hear the I'll be back. I'll be back. Uh, Top Gun, I think with the release of Maverick, everyone now knows what yeah. Top Gun is. Yeah. Um, but just in case, 1986 film starring Tom Cruise, Anthony Edwards, Val Kilmer, Kelly McGillis, Meg Ryan's in there, ton of people. Um, it's really hard to summarize the plot of this movie, <laughs> but it's, it's basically just about fighter pilot training, the relationships <laughs> between them. There's action, antics, heartbreak. It's There's a great movie, great soundtrack. Beach volleyball scene with a bunch of shirtless say, men there is beach volleyball um every time Panda and mm-hmm. i are out in california and we're hanging out in laguna we uh like to go watch the top gun moments mm-hmm. over by the volleyball court so yeah oh. just go watch it and then watch maverick <laughs> one of oh, my yeah. favorite
1: 30 rock jokes is hey liz still think i'm gayer than the volleyball scene in top gun <laughs>
2: yeah, there's there's like there's and like there's a meme it's like you know what's gayer being gay or whatever these guys are doing like
1: (laughs) that weird little uh gum chewing snap with his teeth that val kilmer does to tom cruise what is happening there
2: yeah 19 1980s val kilmer was (laughs) was oh man loved 1980s val kilmer still love val kilmer i was gonna say we
0: we continue to love val kilmer yeah aside it's gonna be very controversial um, aside from Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer is my favorite Bruce Wayne Batman. Oh, no. Oh, wow. Because there. Val Kilmer. what I mean, I love Michael Keaton. I will defend mm-hmm. Michael Keaton all day, every day. That man is Batman. But okay. Val Kilmer was by far the best Bruce Wayne. Yes. Interesting. Yep. I, I am. With the I am turtleneck in complete- the glasses mm-hmm. and just he was the best Bruce Wayne. This is okay. why
2: Mary and I are friends. Like we agree <laughs> on a lot of a lot of things i am absolutely and his like yeah that that movie was also one of the most fun
0: oh it was so fun yeah like, like the, the schumacher in the riddler and just yeah. it was it was fun and
2: and like schumacher got the comic book feel yeah
0: yeah like burton was always good with gotham yes mm-hmm. and how gotham should feel yeah schumacher was very good at at Bringing that comic book feel to it. Yeah, Yeah.
1: Burton's more interested in the villains and the wackiness and the world, like the the production design. Oh, shocker of all shocks! Tim Burton's into what things look like. Yeah, (laughs) I understand. Tim Burton
2: is into the dark aesthetic.
0: What? (laughs) Batman Returns is by far the best Mm -hmm. Batman movie. Oh god, that movie is perfection. Oh god, movie. (laughs) It's a but Christmas and it movie. It is a Christmas movie. I will <laughs> yeah. defend that. It is more a Christmas movie than Die Hard.
2: Michelle, Michelle <laughs> Pfeiffer as Catwoman and... Well, oh, we Mistletoe scene. The- yeah.
1: I, I guess maybe I was too young to appreciate them when they came out. That, like, my formative Batman is the animated series with Kevin Conroy. Oh,
0: that's, oh, that's so, also so, yeah. good. Oh, yeah. so good. And I mean, yeah. that introduced us to Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. R.I.P. Kevin Conroy. I'm oh, not Oh, Kevin Conroy.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Ke- yeah. He was,
2: like, for Batman, like, his voice. And also him coming out with the story about yeah. why he connected mm-hmm. with Batman so much, like... Mm-hmm. Gave me so much of more of appreciation. Literally coming out. <laughs> Literally coming out.
0: Yeah, I love that we got to um, see at least one instance of him do do Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. because he did um, the big multiverse crisis. Yeah, for the Arrowverse, and mm-hmm. he was Kate Spruce. Yeah. yeah, and that was that was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, so yeah,
2: Kevin Kevin Con- Kevin Conroy is mm-hmm. definitely like like Batman, the animated series is a definitive. Like oh, yeah. I th- that's one thing that everybody who likes Batman can agree on is. Yes. Oh, I love that show. Oh is, yeah. There's,
1: there's no controversy. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. the predator meme of Arnold, mm-hmm. uh, clasping the hands and like everybody yeah. agreeing on Batman, the animated series, just a true masterpiece. Yes. But my, my, so yeah, my live action Batman, it is the Nolan verse one. I'm going to be a pleb about it. But, uh, you know what? Yeah, I, sorry. I enjoy it hit at the right age. <laughs>
2: yeah i enjoy the nolan verse i enjoy the nolan verse for it being grounded in reality like mm-hmm. i do like i like all of them i'm like yeah you know i i can i can enjoy most of it for what it is and mary's making faces you
0: i just i don't like nolan i i i don't know like maybe i wasn't in the right time like mindset when i saw like batman or batman the first begins. one batman begins, begins. begins. batman begins yeah. Because I was like, "Yeah, this is a great like gangster movie. This is a horrible Batman movie." I
2: I also have a soft spot for Dark Knight Rises because I have friends who are in the movie. Oh yeah, extras. well yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, like my fair. my friend, my friend, like because Tom Hardy is such a small guy. Really? I have a friend. Yes. Oh, Tom Hardy, tiny. Tom Hardy is he looks massive in that movie he's
0: like he's like RDJ like they gotta make him stand on shit he's always (laughs) he's
2: always standing on like they have sandbags that he walks across but my friend Carlos is tinier than Uh Tom Hardy so a lot of scenes with Tom Hardy Carlos was in those scenes to make Tom Hardy look bigger amazing so, yeah, like I have a I, I, <laughs> but yeah, Tom Hardy is a very – so I mean, he's built, but he is very short. He is a okay. very small man. All right. My parents anyway, Arnold
1: Schwarzenegger in person, they say the same thing. They didn't okay. talk to anyway, him, back talked.
2: to back to I, Buffy. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so yeah, then three, three, cool. three, three is my continual hatred of this brainwashing storyline that isn't a storyline because we never actually see if Riley is like, Brainwashed. Like, obviously, they mm-hmm. don't try to stop him. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, we, pfft, need a, no. we need a
1: flashback scene of him being brainwashed, mentoring candidate style. Yeah. It would explain a lot. Mm-hmm.
2: And it would
1: be, it, it would give Maggie, even posthumously, more development that way.
2: Yep. If yeah. If they're like,
1: because I don't understand her motivation beyond just like, I want to be a big scientist I don't get it I don't get what her because she wasn't trying to like take over the world I know she wasn't meant to be a big bad big bad but still I don't like oh my whole family was killed by demons I've got to stop them somehow that's better than nothing
2: Mm
0: -hmm. yeah now so much of that storyline is underdeveloped yeah but okay So talking about Riley he's looking a bit better sitting up getting dressed he grabs Buffy's bandana kept next to him this entire time And starts to leave the room. A soldier blocks his way, but Riley tells him to stand down. He doesn't, and so Riley tells him to stand down before he puts him down. (laughs) Okay, a little intense there, buddy. That's, that's,
2: yeah, you you, calmed down a little bit.
0: Forrest arrives and tells the soldier to do as Riley said. He does, and Riley begins down the hall. Forrest says he looks like he's feeling better, walking around, threatening people. (laughs) Well, he has places to be, and this guy was in his way. Oh, really? And where does he have to be? Forrest knows where. Oh, hell no. Forrest Hmm. cannot believe that Riley is leaving to go see Buffy. (laughs) Buffy! (laughs) Graham comes up, gently reminding them that they're all friends. And Forrest knows. In fact, they're such good friends that Riley was about to tell them why he's running off. Riley isn't telling them shit. (laughs) He's the CEO. He owes them nothing. Is he, though? Because Forrest's answer makes it seem like he may not be anymore. Besides, things are kind of topsy-turvy and they have shit to take care of. Shit that needs to stay in the family. I honestly think Graham has become my favorite member of the initiative. Yes. Yeah, he yeah, just cool. wants everyone to get along. He yeah. doesn't want his bros to fight. He calls Riley rye. He's yeah. a cutie and I love him. Yes, he's Forrest like Forrest
1: has been non-stop dick ever since buffy like became part of the team. Yeah. And I hope it's the drugs cuz this is this is just really upsetting to see how much he just hates her and wants to accuse her of everything based on nothing. Like mm-hmm. in the last episode when he sees that Riley's been stabbed and he's like, "Oh, and you just happened to be here." Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is
0: he's a he's just a dick. <laughs> Maybe he's in love with Riley. Oh. I bet he is. Yep. <laughs> family? Is that what they are? He tells Forrest to step aside. We don't get to see whether he does or not because we go from that hospital back to the Sunnydale Hospital. (laughs) And Faith, who is having another dream, this time of a picnic with the mayor. It's nothing special or too fancy, just the two of them enjoying some father-daughter type time in the park. A little snake tries to interrupt, but the mayor just gently sends him on his way, promising Faith that nothing is going to ruin this day for them. Well, almost nothing. Because as the mayor goes to get the cheesecake, here comes Buffy to slit his throat before going after Faith. Again, there are several reads we can make on this. I like that Faith continually sees Buffy as the villain of her life, the one that takes everything. But again, knowing what we know, I think it can also read as Faith not believing she deserves these things. She doesn't deserve to be loved like the mayor loved her because, well, he was the only one who did. And after all this time, after all the things she's done, why would he? Like the, the, the character study we're going to get a faith is just absolutely fabulous.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Sorry. I, just, I love that she's wearing the pastels, like the dress that the mayor gave her in the yep. graduation.
0: Because yes. she wants to make her dad happy. Yeah. As Faith's eyes begin to flutter, showing more and more brain activity, we go to Buffy and the Scoopies on Patrol. They agree to split up a bit, but not go too terribly far from one another. As Buffy passes in front of a group of trees, she fails to see the demon strung up between them. Xander and Willow see it though, and they shine their flashlight upon it.
2: Yeah. The demon
0: <laughs> <laughs> The demon has been killed, hung, and split wide open. Ugh. Back in the basement of Sadness, Buffy says she's never seen anything like it. Xander says he'd be fine never seeing anything like it ever again. Willow gets that Adam killed it, but why? And why open it up like that? Buffy says he's studying biology, demon, human, anything he can get his hands on. Xander really doesn't want to be around for the final exam. It's not going to come to that. The initiative built this thing. They can't stop it, which means it's up to them. And will Hiding in a cabin with an assortment of chocolate figure into this plan? (laughs) No. See? Xander takes a seat next to Willow. He told her so. Willow wants to know what Buffy's plan is. Well, first she needs to get to Riley. She's not leaving him down there with the people that created this. She needs to break him out. If Willow can get into the mainframe and buy her 10 camera-free minutes, either through hacking or magic, and Xander, any gear he has saved for a rainy day, that rainy day is here. She in stealth? No. They tried that. This time she's using force. She'll go down the elevator shaft and then blast the door open before... Is she really sure he's worth all that? During their discussion, Riley has snuck into the basement and overjoyed Buffy throws herself at him, which, not the best idea considering his still delicate condition. <laughs> did she hurt him? No. A giant skewer hurt him. That was just a reminder. How did he get out? He walked... They let him go? (laughs) Well, they tried to stop him, but he made it clear that that was not going to happen without some major ass-kicking one way or another. So, yeah, they let him leave. Well, good. Good to have him back. Just, uh, and Xander knows there's no polite way to ask this, Hmm. but did they put a chip in his head? (laughs) What, What? Buffy says don't worry about it. All that matters is that he's okay. Yeah, Willow says they were pretty worried about him for a while. This causes Riley to apologize. His behavior was pretty out there. Well, it tells him it's fine. He and Buffy stop an unstoppable demon-cyborg-human hybrid, and they'll call it even. He says stopping Adam won't be easy. No, but they're together now, and that means they can handle anything that comes their way. Whew. Spoke to you? <laughs> uh, when Buffy
1: says, Xander, any stuff you've been saving for a rainy day, you want stealth stuff. What is she talking about? Is Xander stockpiling weapons in the Basement of Sadness? Like, we see that he's got that kind of camo gear that you can buy at an army surplus store that plenty of guys have. Um, Is is he, like, another armory? (laughs) Like, if they can't use...
0: He is! There's an episode where he and Giles are, like, putting together guns in Xander's basement. He he stole some stuff from that military base.
1: <laughs> he could be going back there, like, repeatedly, just like any time. It's like, oh, it's that guy again. Yeah. What's he work for? I don't know. And he's just, like, coming out with a different <laughs> thing every time.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's
1: Because <laughs> she seems but, yeah. to think, like, this is a normal
2: thing to ask him.
0: hmm <laughs> Which is Zander's good. Xander's a very useful member of the team.
2: <laughs> he is. He's key guy. He is. Yes. Yes. And and people seem to think that we don't
0: need Xander. <laughs> um i also appreciate that buffy's description of the plan to get in to get riley is what they will use at the end of the season
1: mm-hmm. oh they yeah the
0: elevator shaft mm-hmm. so i appreciate this is that good.
1: yeah this is a good comedy gold of like the really intense breakout she's planning and then he just walks in
0: yeah oh, it's, i mean it's perfect right <laughs>
1: this is an episode of ugly ugly clothes
2: <laughs> i oh my god yeah okay like willow's hat <laughs> The little bucket hat? Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Redheads wearing all that orange and neutrals. It does not look good on her complexion. And so Buffy's got this chunky knit sweater in puce. It looks like something Giles gave her, like, a shrunken version of his own. Like, oh, no, this came out badly in the wash. Yeah. Um, Willow's got, like, this really hideous black and gray sweater and Xander, with his like pumpkin spice shirt and the vest, why does he need a vest on a short sleeve shirt? I don't understand anyone's choices in this episode except for faith's.
2: yeah, the um the costume designer on this episode definitely <laughs> dropped the ball and <laughs> we've been talking we've been talking about we've been talking about, especially with Willow, like the choices that they've been making with her. Mm-hmm. her wardrobe too has been very, very odd
1: yeah i get she's trying to figure out her identity she's in a transitional phase but my god it's painful to look at sometimes
0: (laughs) cue faith dream number three this time she's running running across the cemetery while buffy pursues via that slow calm serial killer walk (laughs) she knows she's gonna get there no need to expend herself it starts to rain and faith falls into an open grave see easy Buffy arrives, dagger in hand, and jumps down into the grave. We don't see what happens, aside from Faith pulling herself out while, like, this epic music plays. She escapes the grave and stands, letting the cool rain hit her face. And just like that, her eyes open, Faith's consciousness having similarly crawled out from wherever it was off healing. Crawl out
1: of your grave, you find this fight just doesn't mean a thing. Mm Yes. Yes. Also, the Shawshank Redemption homage of like mm-hmm. she crawls out of the mud and she's, like the yeah. rain's pouring down and the camera is really up high. Yeah, and, like, yeah. She's kind of screaming and raising her arms and letting the rain wash. And like, Andy Dufresne crawled through 10 miles of shit to get to freedom.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think about that, but yes. <laughs> now awake, Faith disconnects herself from the various machines and makes her way to the hall. She is clearly in an abandoned wing, as there are no lights, no other people, nothing. That is, until a visitor takes a wrong turn, looking for the third floor. She asks Faith if she knows how to get there, but then notices Faith's hospital gown. Does she need help? What she needs is to get to graduation. That's not possible. Not only is it now February, but Sunnydale High isn't even there anymore. Faith demands to know what happened, but the woman really thinks she should get Faith a doctor. No. Tell her. So she does. And hearing about the mayor, well, it clearly triggers Faith. As the next we see, she is walking out of the hospital wearing the visitor's outfit.
1: <laughs> does Sunnydale High's school years, when there was a Sunnydale High, do they always end in late May? Because, like, the mayor began his 100 days till the ascension countdown in late February 1999. faith been in a coma for eight months and wakes up February 25th. I guess maybe... The powers in charge of the high school are like, you know what, when the, the weird PCP gang activity dies down June through August, let's let the kids have an extra month off. Also, weird shit tends to happen in late May.
0: Um, So my high school graduation was June 6th. So I uh-huh. don't think that's too out of the ordinary, depending on when your school year started. Like if they okay. started the like second to last week of August or something, mm-hmm. being done May wouldn't be that Weird. Okay. In Buffy's storm room. So I guess they're not hiding out anymore. <laughs> Which then was Giles just folding Xander's laundry? He's a good
1: guest.
0: He is. He is.
1: Also, Xander has that kind of lazy boy. It's like an orange chair. And yet Giles was sleeping on the inflatable chair with the ottoman and Xander was on the floor in a sleeping bag. And there's a chair right there. Maybe they couldn't make it lie back enough. It just felt like a waste of furniture not to use it.
0: Buffy and Riley sit together. Buffy telling Riley she never stopped thinking about him. She's trying to be sweet, romantic, but Riley's a bit paranoid. He can't shake the feeling they're being watched. Is that something the initiative does? What can she do to make him feel better? Give him an order that's what he does right follow orders he doesn't have to Buffy tells him of the council how they sucked (laughs) and how she quit them if he wants to go back in and fight to change things from the inside then do it but if he wants to quit fight demons in his own way that's good too Buffy climbs into his lap and begins kissing his forehead what is she doing looking for brain chips (laughs) Riley just he's a soldier take all that away and what's left Genius, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist.
2: (laughs) No, not with Riley, (laughs) with corn-fed Iowa boy. I wish that we had a little
1: info on Riley's childhood that would make him so willing to sign up for this initiative thing without asking questions like this. I feel like I have this duty. It's got to be more than just America of why he joined up pre-9-11, fighting monsters, uh, needs Maggie to be real so much. I feel like there is some kind of hole he's trying to fill and we never find out what that hole is.
2: Good good soldiers follow orders.
1: Yeah. As you said uh, previously, I really wish the make me proud was a trigger phase Mm -hmm. phrase.
0: Yeah. 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 Buffy tells him he's a good man. Not a perfect soldier. But a good man. Mm -hmm. Funny how we can see the root of all those Marvel quotes just appearing in here. Mm Mm-hmm. Back at the hospital, the doctor is beyond exasperated. What do they mean Faith just wasn't there? Coma patients just don't walk away. The nurse says she came down to check the monitors like she does every night at 8. Because 8 is her shift. And when she arrived, the cop with them doesn't get it. The girl was wanted for questioning and several murders. And yet, no security? Nothing? Yeah. Yeah. Because she was never supposed to wake up. (laughs) The doctor doesn't get what these people are not understanding about that.
1: Sorry, dude. This is why she doesn't take an hour just to move one toe like the bride and kill Bill. She wakes up and her muscles are not the least bit atrophied.
2: Yeah, we were we were talking about that when we were watching when Mr. Frog and I were watching the episode last night. Slayer. He was like, yeah, he was like, yeah, she she has no bed sores. She has no she's fine. Like, yes, mm-hmm.
0: she's a slayer. That's how we explain it. Yep. An orderly joins them and asks if Faith has been found. No, but they found another woman unconscious and badly beaten, also stripped. The doctor and detective follow the orderly as the nurse moves to the phone, calling someone, AKA the watchers council (laughs) and telling them that it's happened and to send the team. It's very interesting that she does not have to give a password.
1: Unlike Wesley, the watcher of the two active slayers who has to like get through a bunch of like receptionists just to speak to Quentin Travers. She like, I guess whatever number that is, is like, oh, you put that through immediately. No questions asked. Uh, But I really love this world building that there are people sprinkled throughout normal everyday positions that are employed by the council. They're not watchers themselves. But it's like, you do your job 99% of the time, but when shit goes down, you have to inform us.
0: It makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wish we had seen more of that.
1: Yeah. Because, like, they have to make sure that if Faith wakes up, they know immediately. But also, if she dies, they have to know if another Slayer is going to be called. Because the mm-hmm. line goes
0: through her now. The charred remains of Sunnydale High. Faith stares at it a moment before just wandering through town. Taking in the main streets of Sunnydale... The people just walking around, living their lives. Eventually, her wanderings take her to Giles' place, where she watches through a window like she's Angel. (laughs) <laughs> inside but <laughs> Riley I'm sorry I'm just never gonna give up the fact that he's a stalker <laughs> uh, but
1: also looking like a, the little match girl like like Spike like when he Spike, had the blanket yeah. over his head
0: looking in oh, on the Thanksgiving true. it's no yeah. yeah. time to be Dickensian exactly no, you know what?
2: I, I think it was there's a difference between the way that that angel was looking looked into windows and the way that Spike with his Dickensian orphan look <laughs> you know like he was a very, it was Spike was just a very sad. Well, like that, he, that was done for comedy. Yeah, like the yeah. way that it's shot.
1: Whereas with Angel, it's meant to be taken more seriously, and yeah. with Faith, it is too.
2: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, it, I, it it does remind me more of Angel because she's yeah. very menacing. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that the the bright red hoodie that she's wearing is meant to be like Little Red Riding Hood imagery, like Buffy in the earlier Halloween episode. Um you know, that we don't know that she's actually the wolf under there once she gets all of her mojo back. Um yeah, I I I apparently that like having that fireplace going required all the fire marshals to be on stand because like, oh no, we, we don't normally light this as like a real fire. <laughs> it was a big deal, like just in case something went wrong. And it's like, good lord, <laughs> I don't understand why they can't light a fire here. But it was like Doug Petrie, the the story editor and writer of this episode he really insisted on it to create this domestic cozy vibe and i love it because okay so faith goes to the school obviously to confirm that girl's story and then where does she go next she goes to giles's place and she's immediately confronted with like her the the daddy she didn't get to have Mm -hmm. and sees like a once again favorite daughters in there along with his other kids and now who the fuck is this guy riley Um, But like, yes, the fireplace is this domestic stuff that she's dreaming about that she never got to have with her own parents. I love that.
0: Inside, Buffy, Riley, and the gang, except Anya, who is once again missing, discuss Adam. Riley's pretty sure that being so new and fresh out of the box, he needs to charge. Charge for what? (laughs) Well, given the clues, Xander's going to guess killing spree. (laughs) Riley picks up the blaster, turns it on, and Xander is just, (laughs) how. (laughs) Was there an on off button? (laughs) Riley says blasters are easy. Adam, not so much. Yeah, but if Maggie built him, there has to be an instruction manual somewhere, right? Yeah, inside the initiative, which they're not getting to without force. That's not necessarily true. As they do have Riley. Is he up for being double agent guy? Giles's phone rings and he goes to answer. Turns out it's for Buffy. And it's clearly the council, alerting her to the fact Faith's awake and asking if she's seen her. Buffy says she hasn't, but that she'll keep an eye out. Of course, Faith's also listening to this, though she makes sure to duck when Buffy turns towards Window. (laughs) Faith, who has been very into creeping on Buffy and Riley, watching them together. Anyway, Buffy gets off the phone and relays the message to the others, telling them how she beat up a woman for her clothes and walked out of the hospital. They need to find her. But what about Adam? Xander would hate to let pursuit of a homicidal maniac get in the way of the pursuit of a homicidal maniac. <laughs> but Faith isn't exactly low profile, girl. Buffy will patrol and wait for Faith to make her move. Then what? Will it suggest kick her ass. <laughs> and Xander seconds. Okay. But then did they turn her over to the cops? They wouldn't know what to do with the Slayer. They could try the council, but that worked oh so well last time. Giles mentions that the initiative has containment cells. True, but they're evil, so... Buffy says, like it or not, Faith is her responsibility. She's out there somewhere, and Buffy has no idea what she's doing, how she's feeling, who she's doing. <laughs> Xander interjects that in, yeah, let's remember why Willow and Xander are so gung-ho on the beat-Faith's-ass train. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not gonna breeze just by that trauma. No sir, and <laughs> no. mister.
1: Yeah, I, I love that Faith, uh, I mean, not Faith, I love that Willow and Xander are like, REVENGE! They, they are not interested in the possibility of maybe she woke up with amnesia and she's nice now and, and she's just going to be like somebody can lead around like a little child. Nope. Nope. And I find it very interesting that the council, they call Giles, but they ask for Buffy. They don't inform him first, even though he's the one that they fired. He did not quit. She's the one who quit and they still want to inform her first. So he is still like on the persona non grata list.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's got it. So when you think about it, it's got to be the nurse. The nurse mm-hmm. called yeah. Giles, hoping Buffy was there mm-hmm. because the team hasn't arrived yet. So they wouldn't necessarily know about the woman. Yeah. yeah. Um, But the nurse called Giles, which also leads to this idea that either they called Joyce first and Joyce was like, oh, no, you can try this other number. And they tried the dorm and all that. Or because the Watchers Council has people in Sunnydale, like at the hospital, they know that Buffy and Giles are still working together. Okay. And so they knew they could find Buffy at Giles's place.
1: That's, that's a very good explanation, I think, that Buffy knows about this particular nurse and is like, okay, I know you're going to call the council, but also you have to call me because this is going to be my problem if she ever wakes up or dies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And I, I wonder though, if the gang had not been at Giles's, if Faith goes over there and she sees Giles alone, or, um, yeah, if she sees him alone, and he gets this call, and maybe the maybe the the nurse will speak to him when he's alone and like pass this message on to Buffy. If Faith had like knocked at the door, would her reaction have been different? if Giles had like let her in or rather he can't stop her from coming in because she's not a vampire Mm -hmm. because she really is pissed off by seeing Buffy with this new boy toy after the whole, like you tried to kill me for your most recent boyfriend. I wake up and like, he's not even in the picture that I, I think it would have been really interesting if Giles had been the one who was like assigned to talk to her in consequences Instead of Angel. Because Angel's a vampire and the stuff that he did is not the same things as what Angel with a soul did. Um, We do know later on in the Angel series that he had some fucked up stuff also as Angel with a soul too. But like I really think that this Giles-Faith relationship is underexplored. Especially because when Faith does the body swapping. And I'm not going to talk about that episode too much yet. (laughs) She does not target Giles. She doesn't like make these little veiled insults like she does with other people. She doesn't, like, get him alone. She doesn't, like, get angry at him. She's only angry at Wesley, and she's angry at Angel, and she's angry at Buffy, and she makes these little digs at Xander and Willow and Tara. But giles is like off limits for her and i just find that really fascinating and i wonder what would have happened if she could have spoken to him first before like her rage clicked back into place and she gets this purpose because when we see her in the next scene she's got her outfit she's got her makeup she's done her hair she is ready to be like the image of faith that they all have yeah the
0: next episode's fascinating i, I can't wait to get there <laughs> yeah. What if she's truly sorry? What if she's hiding somewhere just trying to get her thoughts together? Giles admits there could be rehabilitation options they haven't yet stumbled upon. Watching all this, Riley finally speaks up. Who's Faith? <laughs> <laughs> We next go to Willow and Buffy walking across campus, which implies Buffy and Riley took that conversation elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Which, okay, I mean, I thought the answer was pretty simple, like I said earlier. Remember mm-hmm. that Slayer I told you about? The one who was in a cobra for having so much fun? Yeah, that's Faith. But okay, whatever.
1: I don't think she wants anyone to chime in with any information she's not ready to give him right now, including mm-hmm. the existence of Angel. Fair. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Buffy says she told Riley that Faith was her wacky, identical cousin from England and that whenever she visits, hijinks ensue. (laughs) Funny, because, you know, that that's literally what's about to happen. (laughs) Willow says it's good they have such an open and honest relationship. Now, (sighs) Buffy told him the story. She vagued up some stuff and heavily edited the angel bits. But she told him and Faith herself. No sign yet. But then she's not even sure where to look. At least Buffy probably isn't the only one looking for her. Every cop in Sunnydale has to be doing the same. True. If Buffy was Faith, she'd get out of dodging fast. They move towards the bulletin board where Faith has just been waiting. <laughs> waiting to make her dramatic entrance. I hope she saw Buffy and then like, quickly
1: ran behind some trees and positioned like in the most likely direction in front of the bulletin board, because she would have been standing there dramatically for a very long time, hoping she'd pass by.
2: I love moments like that (laughs) where like, yeah, the timing of it, like she had to have noticed and timed it properly for to turn around. Like it was just it's so Mm -hmm. beautiful and dramatic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She turns around, giving Buffy the death glare. Yeah, well, she's not her. Faith. Buffy says she's been looking for her. Really? Because she was kind of stuck in the same place for eight months. <laughs> so, obviously, she didn't look r- real hard. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, Buffy guesses that's the end of the niceties. Seriously? What? She thought Faith would wake up and they'd go for tea? She tried to gut her like a fish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> While all this is happening, Willow sneaking about, trying to get in a position to knock Faith out. Faith sees her, though, and tells her if she tries it, she's losing an arm.
1: (laughs) Good for you, Willow. You tried, and you get your shot in later. Faith tells Buffy
0: she kept having this dream about Buffy stabbing her. Does she know why? Because she deserved it? Funny for a guy. So imagine Faith's surprise when she finds out that this guy Buffy was so willing to kill for is now out of the picture. And Buffy's moved on to the first college beef stick she saw. Forgot all about the guy and all about Faith. But yeah, that was her dream. That and something about tunnels and cigars. Ew. <laughs> so what does Buffy think it means? That she's cray cray? Sirens whale in the distance and Buffy says it sounds like someone else might know Faith's seer. The two launch into a fight during which Willow does get her one good swing in. Good for you, Willow. And Faith tells Buffy she stole her life and payback's a bitch. Willow, very proud of herself, says, look who's talking. Oh, Willow.
1: <laughs> you tried. Oh. I, I, I do love Buffy and Faith for... All the time, they're there. They're in the show together. Are always accusing the other one of trying to steal the other person's life.
0: Right? They just need to sit down and talk through their issues. Yeah. we don't solve, do that. All- we yeah. oh. we've
2: we've talked about that before. Yeah, sitting down and talking would solve so many problems.
1: They got to do the thing that uh, the Slayerettes did in Homecoming of deliberately sabotaging the limousine ride so that Cordelia and Buffy had mm-hmm. to be in it together. It's not their fault. They didn't know that the limo driver would be a bounty hunter, like person working for those, the the most dangerous game guys. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> yeah. It could have worked. Faith takes off, jumping over the police car and running across the quad. A shot very similar to her dream. In fact, I'm pretty sure when she jumps over the wall, it's the same parking lot they use as the graveyard. It's also a pretty wobbly wall. Mm -hmm. It is. That in the trees. Buffy runs to the wall, but Faith's just gone. Disappeared. So in the first draft of the script, Doug wanted Buffy to be the one that attacked Faith first. Mm Mm-hmm. The creator, however, felt it was a little too unsympathetic to just flat out wail on a girl who's been in a coma for eight months. I, I have to agree with that. Yeah, that was a good decision. A bit later, he was walking down the steps with Tara, thanking her for coming along. She knows psycho bitch hunting is kind of going above and beyond. Tara's happy to help, but what do they do if they find her? Run, flee, maybe skedaddle. <laughs> They're not there to engage. This is strictly recon. Tara giggles when Willow says that. And hey, look, at this is the first we see of, like, hippie goddess Tara.
1: Okay, she's but got, like, this, this this outfit, I, I can't. I cannot handle it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so the hair, first of all. She's got that zigzag part that, yes, everybody tried. I tried it. I know. I understand why it happened. What I don't understand is this dishwater color they have for her because it's clearly dyed it's not natural there's like blonde highlights in it and then like this little knot it makes her hair look so thin and limp and she has such gorgeous hair in season six i don't know why they would do that for her okay then this gold obi this could be good this could be very pretty, but she's wearing this very deep V, very like cap sleeve shirt. This needs a wrap shirt. It should look like a, a bit of a longer one going <laughs> like past the hips like a kimono. That's what it is designed for. And the burgundy on burgundy, i it's not doing her – it's not good for her complexion. The little <laughs> short choker necklace that doesn't look good at all with like the V shirt. It needs to be a longer necklace what did this poor girl do to offend the costume department so much besides be over a size four?
0: Why? I'm done. <laughs> and that was a good rant.
2: <laughs> that was a beautiful, I, I definitely appreciate that. Oh
0: my God. Thank you. <laughs> Tara says the use of the word recon makes Willow sound like a real live monster hunter. Oh, well, Willow's definitely good with the hunting part. But she's pretty sure if she tried to punch Faith's face, it would just break her hand. Oh, face punching. That makes Tara nervous. She's not so good with the... She makes a little boxing motion, (laughs) which Willow takes as swimming.
1: (laughs) I really hope Buffy teaches her how to punch someday, because that's going to break her wrists.
0: Violence. Willow says, don't worry. Faith sees you to spot, walking around. Oh, I'm Faith. I'm wicked awesome. I'm five five. five." (laughs) Five by five? Five what by five what? That's just it! No! (laughs) No one does!
2: I like how she acknowledges what we've all been like. What does that even mean? (laughs) My headcanon
1: is Faith's dad is a Vietnam vet. I think like the age would work out. Um, And she picks up on slang from him and explains why he might have fucked off. Yeah. Uh, and then the alcoholism of her mom. And, uh, yeah, that, that would explain it. If she's got, like, dealing with a dad with PTSD might give her generational trauma.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So I Googled it real quick. Um, five by five was a radio communications phase from the 50s. And it meant good signal strength or loud and clear. So it basically means good to go. So, and that's kind of how Faith uses it. Like, how yeah. are you? Five yeah. by five. Good to go. So, I don't know why Faith would know a radio slang from the like 50s, but
2: Maybe she maybe it's like Joyce and Buffy, like she just spent a lot of time watching old
0: school movies. Maybe. So recon till sundown? Yep. Then the ritual hiding begins later that night. Sander and Giles patrol the main streets of Sunnydale. Sander's a bit worried if they've run into Faith. She might want to have her way with him again. giles isn't so convinced (laughs) xander
1: for the love of god we were just referencing the attempted sexual assault that turned into attempted murder you think that faith wants to try the consensual again i oh okay teenage boy hormones all right Mm -hmm. and also he's been he's been getting a lot lately and he just must have sex in the brain more so than even Xander usually does. <laughs>
0: yeah. They hear a noise in an alley and cautiously go to investigate. Turns out it's Spike. What are they doing sneaking around? Rogue Slayer. Yay, tall, dark hair, goes by faith, criminally insane. Is that so? Sounds serious. All right, then. It's going to head out, find the girl, tell her exactly where they all are, and then watch as she kills them. Xander <laughs> and Josh just stare at him. <laughs> what? And any of them. Remember if he's evil. (laughs) Just because he can't kill them himself doesn't mean he can't enjoy someone else doing it. Xander says good luck, but he'll never find her. (laughs) Gay tall, dark hair, name of faith, criminally insane. He thinks he likes the girl already. (laughs) Oh, fuck.
1: (laughs) Amazing. Oh, his, his deadly serious delivery when he's like, oh, man, where is she? Oh, no, that sounds really tough. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love everything about this scene. I love Giles once again having Xander's love life inflicted on him unwillingly as he's like trying to do the, the ear equivalent of taking off his glasses to polish it so he doesn't have to see everything clearly. I also ah. love that uh, when they hear the weird noise in the alley. Giles walks in first ahead of Xander. Xander's the one with the blaster that they now know how to work but Giles is kind of protecting him. I find that sweet. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
0: Looking at Giles, Xander tells him they're dumb. <laughs> Back at the hospital, the team from the Watcher's Council arrives, the nurse waiting outside to greet them. As they disembark, she leads them inside to get up to speed. Back on the main streets of Sunnydale, Faith is just bopping about, taking everything in, avoiding the cops. <laughs> when a demon approaches her, saying a friend sent him and that he has a remembrance. Panicking, Faith takes him down before seeing the envelope. Oh. She takes it and escapes into one of the nearby stores.
1: Demon, what were you expecting? You sounded like a mafia hitman of like, <laughs> Vito Corleone
0: says hello. <laughs> <laughs> in the back room of said store, Faith slips the tape into a VHS player. Yeah, that's right. VHS player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got a bit, I got a little emotional over the mayor's video. It was.
2: Yeah. Well, I, we have, we've always talked about how, like how much we love the mayor's relationship with faith like it's just for all that he is this big evil monster literally Mm -hmm. like he actually cared about faith and you could tell he actually cared about faith and he never wanted anything more from her than like a daughter because because we see at that one point where she tries to like hey sugar daddy yeah yeah yeah, using her body which is something that she's used to doing and he's like no nope nope Mm -hmm. family man
1: yeah, yeah. I find th- okay. So like, obviously, I cannot prove this, and it's not like I can say, "How dare you criticize Faith?" Because she's clearly a sexual abuse victim. Mm-hmm. But I think there's so much implied in the text that something bad happened to Faith. That by the time she's about seventeen, she's in the use them and lose them phase, and men only think of one thing. And mm-hmm. oh, sure, they say they're just there to be your friend and to comfort you, but they always want something else. I think that probably with her drunken mom passing out all the time, probably had some boyfriends who probably got very inappropriate with the young faith who, well, like Eliza Dushku was 17 playing this mm-hmm. role. She, yep. I, I don't want to get into her real life too much, but we know a terrible thing happened to her when she was 12 years old. It was like the stunt coordinator for true lies or something like that, who like uh, tried to do that to her. Mm-hmm. And, obviously that should not have any overlaps here. Cause nobody knew about that at the time, like in the Buffy verse, but it feels like something that could very likely have happened to faith with the upbringing that she had. And so her expecting that this guy is going to suddenly give her all this money and this job and let her do whatever she wants. He's going to want something in return. And it's so unexpected for her. Like, wait, he's not trying to exploit me. He's not interested in my body. Uh, I, I it's, it's very touching that she did find this this guy she could trust. Like, she's very forward with Giles. Like, hey, if I knew they came this young and cute, I would have hung out a bit more. And that, like, Giles, of course, never inappropriate, never crossing the line, never mm-hmm. being weird around these teenage girls. That, like, again, this is headcanon. I think that one of the reasons why she does not hate Giles, but also why he has this distance from her, is that she probably did, like, come on to him. He must have visited... The motel at some point. You need her Mm -hmm. phone number. You know where she lived. You need to know, like, how can, like, let's talk about what happened with your previous watcher. And maybe she misinterpreted this. And he didn't want to, like, visit regularly with, like, cash and gifts or anything like that in order to not appear like he was her pimp or something. And it'd be like, okay, we're going to meet at the library only. Sorry. It's like, you're you're being inappropriate. And he can't, like, control her or anything because. I don't know it's it's all kind of a jumble but Faith being sexualized and sexualizing other people I can see why it led her to go too far with Sander and I can see why what happens in the next episode yes that is sexual assault what happens Mm
2: -hmm. and it's
1: so common tragically that it's because to her this is normal because it's what she was raised with can't prove it but I think there's a lot of evidence for it
2: yeah, there's there's a lot of things, especially with faith, that you can kind of glean mm-hmm. from the way that she is without having any like actual dialogue proof. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. she did. She the, the way that she behaves, the way that she does things, gives a lot of credence to that theory. And I've always, you know, felt the same way about that too. Yeah.
0: So I am. I was trying to figure out because so I was doing a little bit of a deep dive over <laughs> here. Um, so in Go Ask Malice, it does say Faith was in the foster system, mm-hmm. and we all know the kind of things that can happen. Mm -hmm. in the foster system um all it says on her page is before initially coming to sunnydale faith experienced a number of failed relationships with losers who destroyed her confidence in men Mm -hmm. although she was sexually aggressive faith avoided emotional intimacy yeah yeah um
1: like xander wanting to cuddle is mm -hmm. just so weird to her she kicks him out immediately because to xander Um, You know, as much as he is a a very sexual being, um, he wants he is not interested in one night stands. He wants a little more like he's Mm -hmm. like her. He does feel like he has this thing in common with her of like having a bad upbringing and wanting a family and wanting people he can trust. And she's just too broken to handle that.
0: Yeah, so then if you scroll down to parental, um, there is a quote that comes from the Angel and Faith comic book. That is, what I need is to get my act together. Stop looking for a daddy figure who will take care of me and tell me where to go and what to do and make me feel all special. All that ever did was bite me in the ass. It's not like I ever had it anyway. So what's the big loss? Mm hmm. So, like, you can, yeah, you can kind of, like, her dad apparently was an alcoholic and, who owed money to the mob and was in jail. Yeah. And so, like, you you can infer a, a couple of things from face past from mm-hmm. stuff like that.
1: Yeah. She's living the life that it departed. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: so. I just can't get past uh, Joe Biden arriving in his ancestral home in Ireland and they're playing the dropkick Murphys shipping up to Boston. Like, he's <sighs> not from Boston, but it is an Irish-American band. Like, yeah, sure, that makes sense. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's too epic to not feel a little patriotic for a country I don't live in.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so in this video, he tells Faith that if she's watching this, it means he died. Maybe not, but probably. She's also currently sleeping. And while the doctors say she won't wake up, he doesn't believe that. The world's changed, and he's sorry he's not there for her that he can't help her any longer, but he knows she's smart and resourceful and a fighter. He's also left her a gift forged by some friends because even if her days are numbered, well, at least she can go out with a bang. It hurts. The pain the mayor obviously feels at the idea he might've left her. The pain Faith obviously feels to have the one person who truly cared for her gone. Like you see it on her face and you do, you you feel for her still going to do bad things. <laughs> and we're going to have to talk about those bad things because no, no, no. But you you do feel for her in this moment.
1: Yeah. Uh, shout out to my favorite Harry Groner role besides this. Um, one episode of Star Trek Next Generation, Tin Man, one of my favorites. Yes. He plays a Betazoid mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, has to wor- work with like massive black contacts, but still acts the hell out of it.
0: Yes. Yep. I remember that one. Back on campus, Buffy is imploring Riley to take the Faith threat seriously because she is both very dangerous and very crazy. Hmm. He's trying to, but he just doesn't get why Faith has Buffy so riled up. Why she gets under Buffy's skin like she does. Fun little line, considering what's coming up. Buffy says Faith hurt her and the people she cared about. Now, she needs to go find her. Okay. Okay, but why does Riley feel like she's holding out on him? She's not. She's just... There's a psycho out there with superpowers who blames Buffy for ruining her life. She's going to come after Buffy, and she's going to come after the people that Buffy loves. Like Joyce, who's back! Yay! <laughs> because the next thing we see is Joyce answering the door of the summer's home to find Faith, who immediately punches her in the face. Rude. That
2: is fucking rude, Faith. I mean, we we know you're a bitch, but <laughs> you didn't have to punch Joyce. No one was nicer to you, Faith, than Joyce was. Nobody is nicer than Joyce. Period.
1: Well, We'd- there were some there are some out-of-line comments to Buffy, but a lot of it was nobody had all the information they could yes. have had that might have well, helped yes.
2: them
0: act yes. better. Yes. yes. We then see Faith reading around in Joyce's lipstick drawer. Who <laughs> has <some> lipstick drawer?
1: <laughs> she needs a good clear acrylic makeup set that lets you see everything. And not let things expire and forget about which colors you have. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, she should be weird and obsessive about it like me. And uh, yeah, but Faith must have broken into some pharmacy to steal their darkest makeup before. Or beat up a girl who happened to be her exact size and her exact taste in clothing and makeup to get the stuff she's been wearing the past
0: day. <laughs> anyway, she picks up various colors before deciding on Harlot.
2: Now, <laughs> normally
0: she wouldn't go that dark. But apparently being in coma for eight months ruined your natural color. Putting her jacket back on, she tells Joyce she's going to ask her a question. And she wants her to be honest. How does she look? Psychotic. She was going for sultry, but she'll take it. She also says she knows what Joyce is thinking. Does she now? She's thinking, (laughs) Faith will never get away with this. Love Eliza's delivery. Mm -hmm. Actually, Joyce says she was thinking that her daughter was going to kill her a lot. Is that a fact? It's a bet. Ooh, Joyce has cojones. Faith loves it, especially given Joyce's age. She's 40. (laughs) Rude.
2: Rude. So rude.
1: (laughs) I know, I know. At 18, everyone seems like they're a million years old. (laughs)
2: And no, and like, for, and for some reason, like, and I've I've said this before, but for some reason, in like the eighties and the nineties, people like grownups mm-hmm. seemed like they seemed to look so much older than mm-hmm. they the characters were supposed to be.
1: There was like a hard line in what you were allowed to wear.
2: Yeah, And that
1: it's it's why like people talk about how like the Golden Girls, mm-hmm. some of them are in their fifties. And they were living in a retirement home, and they're wearing boxy dresses and orthopedic shoes because that's what was available to women their age. Yeah, back then.
0: yeah. <laughs> so just going to talk about faith being or Joyce being forty, <laughs> and that's old. Um, bless my aunt last night who were sitting at my mom's house having dinner, and I mentioned something about age, and they're she's like, "Well, yeah, like how old is that person around your age?" And I'm like, "Well, no, they're like 20-ish. and she's like, "Yeah," and I'm like, and that's like 20 years younger than me. And she's like, well, you don't look like you're 40. <laughs> like, and I'm like, well, thank you. I feel better about myself now. <laughs> but it, like, you know, My aunt just could not process the fact that I was like 40 years old. Like in her mind, I think I'm like 30 at the most. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's it's like I you know I've got little cousins and or little cousins, <laughs> exactly. They're they're fucking adults now. That's, yeah, I don't I, no. They're they're little children forever. Speaking of little children forever, the picture on Joyce's dresser of a little blonde girl, a little blonde boy hugging each other. Who the fuck are they? We've Wait, never what? seen them. before. Yeah, on her dresser, there is a photograph of like a taller blonde boy. He looks about eight, and a little girl. She looks about six. Um, almost like little Hansel and Gretel. Uh, but I, I mean, I, my, I figured maybe the little girl is Buffy and maybe the boy is like one of her sister's children. It's like Buffy with a cousin, not Celia, the cousin that died. Because Joyce has two sisters, uh, Arlene and I think that one's called like Dolly. Um,
0: oh, it's good. the one from Thanksgiving who we hate.
1: Yeah. Who doesn't invite Buffy for some reason. Oh, okay. But
0: no, it's Darlene. Hold on. Joyce is uh, Joyce Summers. Because Darlene is the one who doesn't invite her. Yeah. Because she's got no. one who lives near Northwestern University. Uh, Arlene is known as the sister. But Arlene is not. I swear, Arlene is not the aunt mentioned in. Because it's. Arlene is. On her wiki, Arlene is listed as the only sister. Oh, no. Hold on. This. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to my notes hold on nope not that one i want my other google drive i don't i need my google drive associated with the podcast okay scroll 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 scroll
1: joyce also has a giant african mask on her wall again you'd think she learned a lesson but we know international art <laughs>
0: thieves have no boundaries oh my god so maybe I, we've just been mishearing her name because I have Aunt Darlene written down. So I must have heard a D when there was no D. That's and it's said. just Arlene. So she only has one sister. I
1: thought there was a second sister. But um, point is Buffy had, a, Buffy had a little cousin who died, Celia. Maybe the cousin had a brother. Maybe that's
0: from around that time when she was sick. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Like now, now I'm like, now I'm trying to find a screen cap to see this picture. Um, come on. I wish couch- we'd ever known Joyce's maiden name.
1: Cause she goes by Mrs. Summers forever.
2: Yeah. That's kind of weird. To be fair. My, when my mom got divorced, she kept her, she kept her married name for a long time until she got married again. And then when she got divorced again, she went back to her maiden name. <laughs> But yeah, some people, some it it is such a process to change your last name that a lot of times when, when women get divorced, they just don't bother.
1: Maybe Joyce's maiden name is really embarrassing and she was glad to get rid of it when she got married. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, apologies Uh, about the second sister thing. I don't know why I remembered there was someone named Dolly. Maybe I was like Darlene, Arlene, Dolly, something like that.
0: Okay. So someone, there's actually, it's actually on Reddit. Someone circled the picture um in season four episode this year's girl there's a photo on joyce's dresser i never noticed before any idea who it is um maybe it's supposed to be joyce and hank when they were young but that would be kind of odd oh i thought hank and buffy um my theory so far is it's buffy with a random childhood friend looks like a man and woman to me probably supposed to be joyce's parents no, they're Here, children. Yeah, yeah. Hate hate on the HD remaster all you want, but it's useful for stuff like this. That is. Here's true. a screenshot of the photo. It's two kids in swimwear hugging. Could be Buffy and a relative slash friend when she was a kid. Um. So most likely, Buffy and Don had a cousin or something. Both of them are cousins. Maybe Celia had a brother.
1: That's why I feel like cousins more likely. It's a little strange for to have like a picture of your kid with a kid she's no longer friends with it would be different if she had a picture of buffy and willow buffy and xander
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so somebody's like it could be billy ford he's blonde though somebody said in my mind it's joyce and spike (laughs) 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 oh there's a we'll get into it later (laughs) There's no. a whole <laughs> subset of people who like wanted Spike to be like Buffy's new stepdaddy. Oh my god. Okay. Because of the relationship I, he and Joyce had.
1: All right. I I have honestly never thought of that before, but now it's like the funniest thing to me. <laughs> it's like everyone expecting it to be Giles and instead it's Spike. <laughs>
0: The biggest part is, do you know how much Spike would, like, play into that? Like, every time Buffy left the house, be like, where are you going?
1: (laughs) Not in that outfit, young lady. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! There are bad, (laughs) bad vampires (laughs) out there like me.
0: Oh my god, why didn't we just get, like, a a funny episode on this? Oh my
1: god, that would be like Willow's next spell that goes wrong.
0: (laughs) Right? Oh! okay so mystery children there's yeah. just mystery children <laughs> yeah yeah uh okay so faith gets it really in the world according to joyce buffy is gonna come crashing through that door at any minute but guess what faith found a stack of letters all addressed to buffy guess she hasn't been home in a while which i think with faith on the loose on the loose and holding this wicked grudge that Buffy would have called, given Joyce a heads up. But nah, she's too wrapped up in her own life to do so. I mean, fate's not wrong because Buffy also didn't warn her mom when she thought an entire government agency was trying to kill her. So yeah. But also, we also have to keep in mind that uh, Christine was
2: not in the season for the most yeah. part. So.
0: No. But the writers did use that to their advantage, because according to Doug Petrie, that is actually the entire subtext of this conversation is Faith is basically telling Joyce, hey, if I was your daughter, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be neglecting you like this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Buffy doesn't know how good she has it until, well, the the saddest episode of
2: sadness. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Nope, nope. That doesn't happen. Yep.
1: Nope. Nope. Uh, everything's fine. It's we live forever in that Christmas flashback Buffy's having. It's again. It's like the nexus and generations. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just the uh, warmth and hugging forever. Yep. That's when the show ends. Christmas. Yay! Yay! <laughs> uh, but yeah, Faith does have a real point. Um, Joy. Faith has been back for like two days that Buffy's known of, and. Did anybody think to call Faith? Because no one's going to think to call Angel in a couple of days. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Faith takes off, likely headed in his direction. Um, but uh, yeah, if like if I don't know, would Buffy have told Giles if she hadn't been at his place? Because we know she spent a whole month not telling him about the initiative. It's uh, Buffy. You gotta, you gotta get that phone out and tell
0: people things. Buffy is just not good with the communication. Yeah. Joyce says, Faith doesn't know the first thing about her or her daughter. That's not true. Hmm. She knows what it's like to think you matter, that you're a part of it, and then you just end up being tossed aside. Like the whole world is moving, yet you're stuck. Like the animals down in the tar pits, you just keep sinking. Joyce, being sassy, asks if Faith was planning to slit her throat anytime soon. (laughs) Joyce, I feel this is the wrong strategy. (laughs) Not Uh, because you're going to make Faith mad. Yeah. Because... Faith, but Faith is clearly, clearly telling you she is in pain yeah. in her own way. Yeah. I need you to do the mom thing. I need you to try to talk her down. Don't be sassy. There's a time for sassy. I don't know. I, I, I,
2: I kind of can't blame Joyce for being sassy because Faith did just punch her. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And she's, she, everything she knows about Faith's badness is from Buffy's perspective. Joyce didn't mm-hmm. witness this. She doesn't probably know all of the backstory of Faith. Like, she was really trying, like, let's invite Faith over for Christmas. Like, let's have Faith over for dinner. And Buffy was resisting the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then Buffy saying, like, I told you so later on, might have put a bad taste in Joyce's mouth.
0: So here's the interesting part, because like she punches Faith to get inside. Or she punches Joyce to get inside, right? Mm-hmm. Joyce isn't tied up on that bed or anything.
1: Yeah. I are mis- just
0: chilling up
1: there. I always misremembered Joyce as being tied up and then she like just moves her arms once Buffy shows up. I'm like, wait a second, she she could move the whole time. And she just yeah. sat in an odd position.
0: <laughs> they're just they're just chilling up
2: there. I think also I think Joyce is at the point in her life as mom of the Slayer, where she's just like, can we just wrap this up? You know what? It makes me feel like um, mega mind.
0: Yes. When yes. Roxanne
2: awesome. is kidnapped and she's like, do you want to just, can you punch my
0: frequent hostage card and let's just get this over with? Faith says for Joyce not to pretend she doesn't see it. She did her job. She popped out the kid, phrased her up, and now she might as well go off and find a dying hole. Because no one cares about her anymore, especially not Buffy fabulous superhero Summers. (laughs) Faith it, she was over them ages ago, too busy climbing on her new boy toy to pay them any attention. I mean, Joyce is her mother, and she just left her there to die. Of course, that's when Buffy comes crashing through the bedroom window. Had to be the window, Buffy? Had to. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like she just... Like Joyce's ha- house over like the next two minutes. Well, and also
2: like now that we don't have the library to destroy, <laughs> now yeah, I guess we have to
0: destroy something else. Yeah, yeah, Buffy.
2: I, I guess like
1: there must have been some sign. Maybe like Faith left the front door open, and mm-hmm. that indicated to Buffy that Oh Joyce is in trouble. And then she like snuck up onto the roof of the first floor saw through the window crash through walking through the front door and running up the stairs also a good option
0: Mm -hmm. yep Uh, as she gets to her feet she quickly greets her mother who greets her back and then it's a full-on brawl the two taking the fight from the bedroom to the hall down the stairs to the main floor there's a moment when they're going down the steps that you can see one of the cameramen in the living room it's dark so it's hard to see but you do see someone like moving Uh, Joyce, meanwhile, is calling 911 because Joyce is smart. Yes. Downstairs, Faith tells Buffy she totally thought she was going for the clean marine, didn't she? He's nice. Looks like he could use a good roll in the sack. Buffy says she's not his type. Besides, going for the boyfriend again is tired. They keep fighting, slamming each other into walls, throwing things at one another. And Buffy asks if Faith ever thought the reason they all forgot her is because they wanted to. They're just seriously fucking up Joyce's house. Ooh. Meanwhile, Giles arrives home to, surprise, find three of his ex-drinking buddies (laughs) just sitting in the dark like fucking Bond villains (laughs) waiting for him.
2: Hello, Ruby. Like, everybody is doing the waiting. Like, you had Faith waiting at the bulletin board. You have Watchers. Way more likely
1: Giles is going to come home to his own home, though.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. but yeah.
1: It's, it's but the Watchers' and- Council. Watchers are always extra. That is the thing I oh my love God. about yeah. them. Yeah. Like Absolutely. from the first. Yes. Because from the first time we meet Giles, when he slams down that gigantic vampire book and he's so oh, he's, excited, he was so giddy. Yes. And Wesley with his like weird hand gesture, we never see again about like, oh, the Watchers' Council, I forbid it. All these watchers have to be huge drama queens. And I love it Mm -hmm. so much that like we have to cut the power, go inside his house, only turn on a light when he opens the door and light up a cigarette dramatically
2: when he enters. And also how rude of it is to light up a cigarette in somebody else's house. Yeah.
1: I always thought before subtitles that they were saying that uh, Collins is this particular watcher. Um, He says, hello, Ripper. And actually oh, yeah. Rupert. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, again, the the council has money for a helicopter to drop them off, but the slayer has to get a job and pay her own tuition.
0: Yeah. Yep. <sighs> yep. <laughs>
2: Nothing makes sense.
0: Yep. But like the best part is like they're sitting there in the dark, right? So yes. have they just been like sitting in the dark for hours? Or were they like hanging out in his house and like someone's watching? They're like, Oh, he's coming. He's coming. It's like, a su- get position. Like-, like a
2: surprise, like a surprise <laughs> birthday party.
0: Yeah. Like what have these how long have these guys been sitting in his house? Yeah. What have they been doing? Yeah. Like
1: they've been being little drama queens. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Buffy and Faith are still going at it when sirens begin to wail in the distance. Knowing her time is short, Faith decides to enact the plan and use the neat little gizmo the mayor left her. Okay, so I have a question about this, though. There's no indication that Faith knows what that does. But uh,
1: the other side of the turn to tape Side B, I don't know.
0: Like, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe the tape cut off before we saw the explanation mm-hmm. to keep this a secret. Yes. So maybe it, Faith does know, but she also looks really fucking surprised at the end. I think
2: also she might have been really fucking surprised because, well, you're in somebody else's body. You're yeah. not, right, you know, bit
0: shock. She, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that it worked. Uh huh.
0: Because,
1: like, how else would she know what to do with it? So like, you have to not mm-hmm. only put these ring things on your fingers, you also have to clasp Buffy's hand and, like, make sure it's Buffy and, and not, like, Spike or something.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. even better. Um, she gets in a few more hits before sliding on her hand and grasping Buffy's. A light flares between them, and they both look a little confused before just staring at one another. That's when Buffy, or who we still think is Buffy, hits Faith and knocks her out. Joyce comes downstairs right as the police arrive. Is Buffy okay? All things considered, Faith is the police's problem now. Still, Joyce wants to make sure and goes to her. What's the thing in Buffy's hand? Weapon of some sort? Didn't work. She throws (laughs) it on the ground and stomps it. And she's really okay. Five by five. We all come to the realization that, oh fuck, (laughs) this is Faith in Buffy's body. As Faith stares creepily down at her former self and we get the dreaded, to be continued. Yeah. yeah. I, I love Sarah
1: Michelle Gellar's momentary look of panic when Joyce says that the police are here. And then she realizes, oh, they're not here for me. Mm-hmm. And then morphing into the crazy eyes of the five by five. Because anybody else around who'd been with faith a lot would recognize immediately. Oh, fuck. That's not Buffy. Buffy would never mm-hmm. say that. So she's got she's to tamp down on her faithisms in order to be around anybody else.
0: Yeah, we're going to get and we'll talk about it so much next episode. But we are going to get one of mine and Jackie's favorite scenes in the next episode, which is the mirror. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. You can't do that. It's wrong. I'm going to kill <laughs> you. I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> um. So, yeah. but we'll, we'll, we'll t- Oh, there's like if we thought this week was a deep dive. Who? Yeah. Next week is, is mm-hmm. so much about self and how one sees oneself and how other people see oneself. And mm-hmm. there's going to oh there's gonna be so much to talk about next week. I'm excited. I, I
1: really wish we knew who the mayor was post the mayor, post Richard Wilkins, because every, there were a lot of witnesses to him turning into a giant fucking snake. Yeah. <laughs> I know the explanation is like, oh, it's a gas leak, gang's on PCP, whatever. But... There were parents and teachers and students who saw him turn into a snake. I feel like the masquerade in Sunnydale has worn very thin at this point. There's got to be way more people who are like, yeah, there, there's just like some kind of monsters here. And whoever the new mayor is, is that person just as corrupt but not interested in becoming a giant snake?
0: Maybe. I was I'm seeing if the the wiki gives any indication of like people like maybe it came up in the comics or something like who who hangs out oh i do like that they have evidence for like where it would be where what would be sorry um so like um, Sunnydale was located on the California coast, about a two-hour drive northwest of Los Angeles. This is indicated by the following. And then downstairs, or then down later, there's like there were also a few indications that associated Sunnydale with other California locations. Uh Buffy's home was in the 95037 zip code, according to text shown in the episode As You Were. This is a real-life zip code for the city of Morgan Hill which is southwest of San Jose. So like, and Giles says that he flew out of the Oakland airport. So like people like are trying to like, using context clues, where is this town? But no, we don't get, we don't know anything about any mayor past Major Wil- Ma- Mayor Wilkins. Because
1: <laughs> I always wanted to know more about Sunnydale, the town, especially like we don't learn as much post season four. Because the we initiative is like key to being in Sunnydale. Mm-hmm. And I could always do with more. And the problem is that, you know, it stops being a college show in season five. Um, so we don't get as much Sunnydaleness and fewer people who are not fully into the Scooby gang who are also not villains and also not supernatural.
0: But, like yeah. I know we get a bit about the initiative later on because like that's my whole thing is like we know the government knows about these things we've known that since season one with Mar- with Marcy yeah um but like how did the initiative like learn about Sunnydale but we know the initiative kind of like shield coming out of as a, um the scientific strategic reserves. Yeah. We know that the initiative came out of the demon research initiative which was part of World War II. We see that in like Angel later on spike like I think destroyed all their research at some point. And but then we like we see it in World War II and we see it in Sunnydale in 1999. Yeah. Like, how did it learn about Sunnydale? Is it connected to the weird assassin school that the <laughs> invisible people go? Are they all part of, like, the same branch of the government? Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much stuff that comes up that we could have really benefited from expansion, even if it was in the comics. Yeah. And we never got it.
1: I mean, that's one of my things I will never get over, is not learning enough about the Watcher's Council And how the Watchers work and everything because it's like the obvious answer to this should be – well, the the Watchers tells them. That the Watchers are in communication with regular human governments to keep them out of shit that they don't know how to handle, to make sure they're not like stepping on each other's toes all the time. um, And that the Initiative doesn't seem to know the council even exists and the Slayer is just a myth. Uh, or at least that's what Forrest thinks. Maybe Maggie Walsh knew more than she was saying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, everybody's kind of like keeping their own information to themselves and not working together. But that's where conflict comes from. Lack of communications, as we've been talking about throughout the episode and the series.
0: Yeah. Like there's so no, I mean, I know we learn more a little bit more about the Watchers later on, but that's all post like. Yeah. It getting blown up because mm-hmm. even when we see Merrick's Daughters, which take place at a Watcher's Academy. Yeah, that's that's after like the Slayer line's been wiped clean. Yeah, that's after the fall of magic. So it, we, we don't learn how they operated before. And it, yeah, there's just there's so much stuff we could have known. <laughs> and they didn't oh. share and I'm sad. Mm-hmm. But all right. That's it for this week. Thank you all for listening. And thank you, Caroline, for being here and for being with us next week, too. Yay. Um, Make sure to join us next time when we take on Season 4, Episode 16, Who Are You? Until then, check out our various social media channels. All of us will be listed in the show notes. And if you like the show and you want to let us know it, you can subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or write to us directly at thewatchersdiaries at gmail.com. Bye. Bye.